welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. This is the Bay Area Fan Perspective. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis. Boom! All right, gentlemen, week 16 is done and in the books, and it's over. 49ers lose yet again. Final score, 32-17. Blah, 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 blah. Same uh, uh, Here's the thing that really shocked me following the game. This is what I want to talk about. There is talk, gentlemen, that Jim Tom Sula, Tim John Sula, will be retained as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers next year. Boo. You son of a bitch. Seriously. Really? Is this real? Ray, is this real? Come on. If it is, it's it's more like just PR damage control because remember they like they basically bet the house that Jim Tom Sula was going to not only re- replace Harbaugh but that he was the better option over Harbaugh and clearly the season has not reflected that at all and no one who even re- re- has a remote understanding of football was confident that Jim Tom Sula was going to come out and bring this team back to prominence after an eight and eight season. No, I mean, even, even our season predictions had them with losing records. It's no surprise. So they, this at this point, Jed York can't, he can't look like a bigger fool by firing him and saying, Oh, I got it one wrong. Sorry. Got to try again. You know, it just makes him look even worse. And he's already, he's hated so much at this point. And, you know, I don't know what the Yorks are thinking or what they want to do to try to salvage this product, but what they've done in the past year and a half is beyond a joke. If if it was a joke, then we should all be laughing. You son of a bitch. Okay, Ray, let's go with your with your line of thinking. So the 49ers are Jed York is is going to keep Tom Sula because he wants to keep some type of continuity and he doesn't want this to blow up his face. I just feel like that's counterintuitive though. It seems like to me keeping this coaching staff and giving it another year of mediocrity is only going to further fuel anger from the fans, further hurt the already damaged image and brand of the York-led 49ers. I just think that all that's going to do is make things worse. You think he's that stubborn that he just would hold on to it? He's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. If he fires Tom Sula after a one-and-done season, he looks like the biggest idiot in the world after, you know, all of the press conferences claiming that Tim Sula that Tim Samsula. Kim Jom Sula was the better option. <laughs> we have got to understand that we cannot make those fundamental mistakes. We don't have to break it down into rocket science that he's not. But point is, there has not been a whole. There's been less success this year than even the year before Harbaugh took over. We were six and ten that year. If he fires him, he looks like the biggest moron, and he, you know, is going to get a hailstorm of bad press. Okay, but well, keeps him here. He's going to get some bad press, but I don't. I'm not so sure that it would it would be as bad as if he fires Tom Sula because then he looks like a complete moron. Like you bet the house, it blew up in your face, and now you're going to fire this guy after one and done because you realize that you were in over your head when hiring him and that he wasn't the guy to get it done. I mean, sure, in all fairness, 
you know, they've had injuries up the wazoo and the offensive line has been dismal all year. So it's hard to get things done. But here's the thing. When I see a team that still commits as many penalties as they do in week 15, you know, despite all the youth, you cannot still be committing that degree of errors after 15 weeks of supposed practice, conditioning, teaching, studying. So when I see guys that undisciplined week in and week out, even at the very tail end of the season, the only conclusion I have left is that they are poorly coached, despite all of the adversity that the coaches have to deal with, they are still poorly coached at the end of the day when they are committing this many self-inflicting wounds. Keep he's them. damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. That, that, you know, either, either way. I don't know why you cry, but it's something I can never do. I don't know, man. That's just rough. I mean, faithful. I know you guys are listening out there. I know for a fact. I don't. I, you know, we we travel all the fan pages on Facebook. On Google, we're we 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 have we are very much in the pulse of what the faithful are talking about online via social media. And man, I do not feel like there is a single person out there who is supporting Jim Tom Sula, Tom Sula Jim, Jim Sula Lim Jom getting another chance at being the head coach. I just Jim don't Belushi. see the fans are probably you know they're probably fed up. Jim Jim Belusha. Jim Tamlushi. I think we all agree that the best decision <laughs> is to fire him. Well here's the thing. There's not a lot of time. When you fire a coach, you have to fire him at the very end of the season. You cannot wait. Yeah and you and right after the game you exactly. just done. Just what they they did with Harbaugh. Wow. All right. Moving on to the most exciting part of our gold cast this year it's our annual gold cast awards the goldies 49er faithful i don't know if you realize this or not we don't tell each other ahead of time who we're going to be giving our awards to just like you the faithful each host of the gold cast is finding out who's winning the award right then and there these are the goldies the goldies the goldies it is time for our annual gold cast award every year we deliver awards to the players coaches and owners we feel deserving of a goldie some are good some are bad but for better or worse here we go everyone has an mvp we're going to save those for the end raymond why don't you start with your first award that you would like to deliver my first award is called the kevin hart award and that's little men that do big things and my award goes to Jimmy Ward, who's a little ass corner, but he made a lot of improvements and did some really big things this year. And in fact, up until today, for the past few weeks, he's been statistically the best corner in the NFL. He did give up some big plays today. However, this season has been a far cry from his rookie campaign last year. And for that, I feel pretty good because everyone was already starting to scream bust for him. So it's nice to see him kind of bounce back and show some potential flash that he can take into the offseason and improve upon coming into 2016. Yep. For some reason, Bulky loves, he brings them in, develops them, and then he never pays them. Always gets rid of them after that. So you think. Bulky. Coming straight from the underground. A young man got it back because I'm brown. Old Man Davis, your first award. There's what we like to call in the game zones. In breaking, there was ozone. In sci fi horror, there was the Twilight Zone. In Top Gun, there was the Danger Zone. <laughs> but in the NFL, there is a Red Zone. This award is entitled the Offensive Dead Zone Award 
You see, there's an expression, to do great things, sometimes you have to break the rules. And if that holds true, then by God did we have Mother Teresa and Gandhi giving us Jeep Christ and his entire 49er offense this season. So this is the Offensive Dead Zone Award, and it goes to none other than the scapegoat, Jeep Jesus Christ. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. Pretty underwhelming season, though. Yeah, pretty underwhelming season. My first award is the Two-Face Award, a.k.a. Who the fuck are you award? This award is going to a player who has two faces. The first one drops a ball over the middle of the field on an average of 20 times a game. The second one catches passes and TDs from Blaine Gabbert like Montana to Rice. The problem is we never know which player we are going to get. He is the man I have often called the Seahawks MVP. The Two-Face Award, a.k.a. Who the fuck are you award goes to Vance McDonald. Oh, that's a good one. I really don't know who the fuck this guy is. He's so two-faced. I don't know who he is. Every week, I don't know if I should love him or hate him. He has way too many chances. Yeah, he does, man. Raymond, your next award. My next award is called the Cohagen Award. And Cohagen is the villain from Total Recall, a man who was willing to siphon air from an entire civilization on Mars simply to profit from his air-producing company. And a man who literally sucks the air out of our life force. This year, the Cohagen Award goes to none other than Jed York himself. Oh! Suck the air out of the 49er faithful. Congratulations, Jed York. You have won the the full name, which is never said in a film, but his full name is Vilos Cohagen. Give these people air. Ha, 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 ha. Quiet. <laughs> Old Man Davis, your next award. This award is Lock, Stock, and Choking Barrel Award to none other than Colin Kaepernick, number seven. This one uh, requires a Kurt Warner introduction. Uh, having worked out in the offseason with uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback and likely Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. Number seven has led himself to be part of not only a losing team season, but a complete implosion of respect as the number one quarterback in the locker room, but most importantly, the front office. Old Yella, we found you a roommate to lay your hot leaded filled head next to. May you never wear red and gold again. Bing, blam, boom, bing, bam, boom. It's, oh. All right. My award is the Rilo Ken Award. This is a spoiler alert if you've not seen Star Wars Episode 7 yet. Rilo Ken is the new Sith Lord in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Rilo Ken is the son of Han Solo and Princess Leia. He fell to the dark side and betrayed not only his parents, but his uncle, Luke Skywalker. At the end of the film, Han tries to get Rilo Ken to come back to the light side of the Force. But Rilo stabs him with a lightsaber, thus killing his own father. The player who is receiving the Rilo Ken Award this year is a powerful player capable of yielding both the dark side and light side of the 49ers. The force is strong with him, and in week 10, he took his lightsaber and shoved it into the chest of the 49ers by placing himself on IR and taking a season-ending injury for a torn labrum in his left shoulder. The winner of the Kylo Ren- Rilo Ken Award is also... The winner of the Lock, Stock, and Choking Barrels Award, Colin Kaepernick. Very sorry. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. He is also, he's a dual winner. He also won the Rilo Ken Award. It's Kylo Ren. I like Rilo Ken. (laughs) (laughs) For my next award, I'm going to continue to ride the Star Wars theme. 
This is a somewhat of a spoiler if you're a completist and don't like to know any bit of detail in the film and haven't seen it yet. This one is called the Star Killer Award. Star Killer is a devastating new weapon created by the First Order, which is a new entity, uh, the new iteration of the Empire Remnants. It is far more powerful than the Death Star, capable of destroying an entire star system, multiple planets, in one swoop. The award that I gave this one to is because it's a it's a weapon that has a group of individuals that have destroyed multiple targets at once, uh, simply through ineffectiveness uh, throughout the entire season that we have talked about every week in and week out. We even just got to talking about them today. So without further ado, my Star Killer Award goes to the 49ers coaching staff. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you got a lot of problems, don't you? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sucking. All year. <laughs> thanks for thanks for killing so many stars, star-studded what would have been star-studded careers this year. I'm gonna just squeeze in two awards here at once because they don't deserve their own amount of time individually. Many of you know Trent Balk and his uh, Executive of the Year Award in 2011 it was official when the NFL gave the nod to the San Francisco 49ers that this man was deservedly so an Executive of the Year. He helped accomplish the compilation of players that made the 49ers one of the most feared teams in the league. However, today in 2015, that same man will now take a new award home this time. For having held responsible the disaster known as the hit on Harbaugh, this executive gun for hire is your new executioner of the year. And that award goes to Trent Balk. Now, second to this award is the Jane Austen's Pride and Penalties Award. And uh, that goes to none other than Eric Pierce and the San Francisco defense. <laughs> there was no tiebreaker in this award as both recipients... <laughs> One offensive lineman and an entire team. <laughs> as both recipients showed valor and no shame in their direct deposit incomes for their efforts to attain this highly despicable award. Boom. My next award is the Kaiser Soze Award. Kaiser Soze is the primary antagonist from the film usual suspects. Kaiser Soze was the mythological mobster, hitman, thief, crime syndicate voodoo gypsy who brought together a band of criminals to pull up a heist that was nothing more than a ruse to capture the one man who could positively identify him as Kaiser Soze. Kaiser stepped out from the shadows and just as quickly disappeared with the police left holding their ball sacks. This player also stepped out of the shadows and made an immediate impact on the 49ers. Like Soze, you're not sure whether you should root for him or against him. You don't even know if you should trust him. You're not sure if anything's telling you is a lie. You don't know where he's leading you or if you even want to go. He's very slick at times, and at others, he seems capable of destroying you. This year, the Kaiser Soze Award goes to our starting quarterback, Blaine Gabbert. Kaiser Soze. I don't know. I like. I don't. I don't. I don't know who he is. I, I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's bad. I don't know if. Is that a flippio? Let's yeah. be for real. Uh, put his shit under fucking track. Like, yeah, I don't really yeah. know anything about this guy. I, I don't know what to think about him. It's exactly how you feel about Kaiser Soze through most of the movie. You, you have no idea what you're seeing and, and whether or not you can believe anything that's happening. I, I don't really know. It's not a bad award. It's not a good award. It's just a mystery award. I, I, I don't I don't I can't tell you with any confidence. Blaine Gabbert might be he might be the next Steve Young or he might be the next young Steve. I, I don't know what he's capable of doing. I really don't. All right. So I have a, a predator award from last year. Only this one's called I'm going to have me some fun. 
And if you remember, character uh, Mac from Predator, played by Bill Duke, says the famous line. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. The one player that we all predicted would have some fun this year indeed did. Therefore, without further ado, I congratulate and award Johnny Manziel for the <laughs> I'm going to have me some fun award. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm gonna have me some fun. I'm gonna have me some fun. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He's so deserving of the I'm gonna have me some fun board. That's great, Ray. That's great. That's really good. This is probably my most personal gifted award. Not known to many that I have an interest in running backs. I am all about the vertical game. And you tell them one thing. Just win. Just win. But uh, I took a step away from that field and uh, gave back to the craft of tailback. This award is entitled, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Running Back Award. And that stars your red and golds, Carlos Hyde, Reggie Bush, Sean Drone, Kendall Gaskins, Jared Hayne, and Dewan Harris. OMD, that's me, Old Man Davis. Set out to make the equivalent of Public Enemy's 88 album certified platinum, but regarded as one of the greatest recordings of all time, no NFL team has accomplished, as far as my eyes could remember, as many running back changes this season as the San Francisco 49ers. So congratulations. Oh like musical chairs. <laughs> you boys all have made the San Francisco 49ers the most terrified running back core in the league. <laughs> you don't know who you're going to get. You know who you're going to get. Pass it to the IR room. Who do we game plan against? I don't know. My second to last award, because I have an extra special one, is the improved but not as good as Bowman Award. <laughs> and that one goes to Blaine Gabbert, who had... And that's because he had a really crappy stint in Jacksonville where he did not have a proper coaching staff, did not have a proper supporting cast, and had a very much Alex Smith type of season. Um, and even the four years he was there, it was all very Alex Smith-esque. Not quite as bad or as revolving door of, of staff to work with that Alex had, but it was equally as dismal. And as we see, Alex is now thriving still as a starter. He did not become a bench warmer. He's still a viable starter in the NFL and leading the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in back into the playoffs and back-to-back seasons. Uh, three, four straight, short, four straight years that he has participated or at least been a part of a team uh, that has gone to the playoffs, if not led him, led by his, his arm and thinking and footwork. So I give it to Blaine. So I differ from my brother on this because I feel like Blaine is, is a little bit more straightforward than Kaepernick. I feel like Kaepernick is very mysterious because he has all of this such high potential to be great, but doesn't seem to know how to tap into it and is often clouded and confused and trips over himself in the process. Not only is does he not have the supporting cast that helped him to help him overcome that this year but he also did not overcome himself this year he was very much wrapped in his own world of trying to achieve this bar that he set for himself and for blaine it's it's been very different he kind of he went through his took his licks in jacksonville and sat down and watched for a year in san francisco and also was under the tutelage of harbaugh before uh working with cheap christ and tom sula this year and once he got the call he came in and he's performed uh, far better than Kaepernick. I mean, not not by le- leaps and bounds, but he has better footwork. He's great. He's better in the pocket. He makes better throwing decisions. They're not all gems. They're not all perfect. But at the same time, 
he has one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and no quarterback uh, is going to play good there. However, he has the same cast that Kaepernick had, and he's playing better than Kaepernick. So that has to account for something. You have to give. He deserves credit for that. So to me, that's improvement. That's somebody who's playing with almost as bad a cast as he had in Jacksonville, and now he's actually finding ways to compete and in a couple of cases actually pull out some wins. Um, but but things are pretty bad in San Francisco. So Blaine Gabbert's unfortunately, we're not going to get to see much him get any better if the same cast is there next season. However, he did make improvements, but it was not nearly on the same level as Bowman. So it's the improved but not as good as Bowman award that goes to Blaine. I got I to gotta give him some credit because he is out there trying. Nice, nice, nice. All right, gentlemen, let's deliver our MVPs. My next award is called the Rocky Award, and that is underdog, going into the season as an underdog and overachieving mightily despite the odds, despite everything that is working against you. And this individual overcame great adversity and not only did that, but was able to retain retain accolades that we that he thought or doubters thought were unachievable this year, citing uh, the injury he was coming off from. And you probably know who I'm talking about at this point. My Rocky Award goes to Navarro Bowman for coming off of a tremendous ACL and MCL injury and making the Pro Bowl this year, leading the league in tackles almost the entire time, at least within the top three players in the NFL. That's huge. And he's not even 100%. That's what's so impressive about it is he made the Pro Bowl and he's all all pro first team and he's not even playing at the same level he did before he got injured. So that's, that's pretty darn impressive. So I'm going to give him the... Rocky Award. Congratulations, Navarro Bowman, if there is one positive to pull out of the Niners' dismal season. Rocky, got anything derogatory to say about the champ? Derogatory. Yeah, he's great. Old Man Davis, your MVP. For you guys, this should be no surprise. I've been a fan of this player since the offseason, and uh, ever since he started, he has shown that he can do just as much as the person who he took over for, except at a discounted price. Not only has he been able to outperform his predecessor in completions, in attempts, in percentage, in yards, in touchdowns, in sacks prevented, in his quarterback rating, in his rushing yards, in his rushing average, in his touchdowns, in his fumbles, lost least. This man is Blaine Gabbert. Number two. Oh, wow. And his award is none other than your Insane in the Mem Blaine Award. Uh, whatever 11 guys you march out on the field, uh, we're going to go up there and expect a victory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. All right. My MVP, the highest Goldie Award you can receive from the Gold Cast, I have titled mine similar to yours, Raymond. This one is called the Heavyweight Champion of the World Award, a.k.a. the Adonis Creed Award. Raymond, you called yours the Rocky Award. Adonis Creed, the son of Apollo Creed, proved he was a bad, bad, super bad man when he stepped up to the challenge and faced pretty Ricky Conlon for the light heavyweight championship of the world. He proved beyond all odds that through training, guts, grit, and fight, he deserved to be in the ring with the best in the world. This player proved this year, against all odds, that he deserved to be on the field with the best in the world. 
He spent most of the year leading the NFL in tackles. He was added yet to another Pro Bowl. He came back from one of the most devastating ACL injuries I have ever seen to once again reassert his dominance in the National Football League without Patrick Willis, without Justin Smith, without Alden Smith, without Vic Fangio, without Jim Harbaugh. He was a one-man wrecking crew, and he is the gold cast 49ers MVP of 2015. The Adonis Creed Award goes to Navarro Bowman. Oh! Yeah! Without question, baby. Without question. He's my MVP because the quality of his play was so high. I like where you went with yours, old man Davis. That was a big shock, but that was somebody that you have been talking about since the preseason, going back to Gabbard. You did talk about him from preseason, but... Navarro Bowman, for me, is the 49ers Gold Cast MVP. He's taking home my Goldie Award. Ladies and gentlemen, you saw this with your own eyes. That is it. Good job, gentlemen. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about this. But first, a word from our sponsor. If you're looking for the latest and greatest 49ers podcast, then look no further than right here, the 49ers Goldcast. Funny, passionate, and simply the best. 49ers Goldcast is the only podcast that represents the Bay Area fan perspective, hosted by Rudy Solis III, Raymond Solis I, that's me, and Old Man Davis. The 49ers Goldcast is the voice of the faithful. You can download the latest episode of the 49ers Goldcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. Boom. All right. All right, gentlemen, moving on. Ah, thank God, because we've lost so much of that money. That cream. That pizza. That salami. That pesto. That chicken apple sausage. That linguiza. That greenback. That cheese-filled crust. That quarterback. That pie zone. That cow zone. That red zone. That milk and honey. That hollow notes cover with the girl. Give me that money. Boom! All right, gentlemen, this is our final Vegas odds of the year. Thank God. Almost about to put our beautiful 49ers to pasture for the season. Before we begin, Raymond, tell us about this game. It is the final game of the season. That much I can tell you is St. Louis will be coming to San Francisco on Sunday, January 3rd at Levi Stadium. Game time will be 425 Eastern Standard Time. That means 125 kickoff on the Pacific Standard Time. You can see it on Fox Network. I do not recommend going to the game physically as it will most likely result in a loss. And you don't want to end the season on a loss having paid to be there to witness that. All right. So the San Francisco 49ers are four-point underdogs against the St. Louis Rams. Gentlemen, do you take that bet? Raymond, we start with you. Yeah, you take that bet. These guys just came off of beating Seattle. In Seattle. They True. will not have a problem. Which means, you think they're going to be intimidated on coming to a semi-filled Levi's Stadium? <laughs> I don't think so. That defense is really good. Um, they still got a great running back. And the Niners, can't. The Niners, while the defense plays better at home, I just... You know, I just don't see them. I, mean, I think they're going to put up put up an effort because it is a division rival, and we we do play them better, except for except for Seattle. We don't play them better. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, you take. Uh, I think you take the over bet. Yeah, old man Davis. Take it over. Yeah, I'd say fourteen points. 
14 Oof. points. Oof, man, that hurts. Hey, I almost predicted Oof. last week. I said they'd lose by 13. They lost by 15. All right. Um, I look at uh, Todd Gurley, and I look at that front seven defense for the Rams, and I think just like they did in St. Louis, they will do it again in Santa Clara. The score last time was 27-6, to the Rams. That's more than 14 points, Ray. I'm going to say I take the over. Rams win this game. I said it long ago, weeks ago. The 49ers will not win another game, and I will put that on for Vegas, for you. You go home with some money so you can buy some tickets next season. This bet is for you to make up for your loss that you spent on all season this season. 49ers, you're going down 4-12. and That's it. That's it. Oh, man. Well, as I say every week, and I'm never, rarely am I right. I hope you're both wrong. But that is it. So concludes the second to the last edition of this year's 49er Goldcast. We hope you guys have had a happy holiday and have a happy new year. Thank you so much for listening this whole year. We've got one more to go. Raymond, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ersGoldCast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 49ersGoldCast. You can also subscribe to us via YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes. That way you will get the latest and greatest episode of the 49ersGoldCast as they become live, live to the masses via the Internet every week. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at BraySolis. You can also follow me. On Instagram at RaySolis1. Boom. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RudySolis3, RudySolis3RD. Old Man Davis, where can they find you? You can find me at Levi Stadium, where I'm going to be slap boxing Sourdough Sam as we watch to see whether or not the Rams go home with the victory, or San Francisco sends Tom Jim Sula a win to go home with as his last win possibly as a San Francisco 49er head coach. Boom! Boom. There it is. So concludes another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the Bay Area Fan Perspective, the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis! Bam! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. Oh, 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 o